The Business on RT Radio 1 with AIB. We know that your focus is on your business. That's why ours is on supporting you. Now, as we were saying there, figures released uh, by the CEO this week show that we have the highest numbers in employment here since records began 25 years ago. But of course, that's little consolation to people who are out of work and are overwhelmed by the notion of writing a CV or a cover letter, preparing for an interview, putting together an outfit uh, for interviews and so forth, and even figuring out what sort of job would suit them. Help and advice with all of these elements are provided by Work Equal. A free service that has set that was set up by social entrepreneur Sonia Lennon, who joins me now, together with Tamara Kearns and Olive Curvin, who are clients of the service. You're all very welcome. Sonia, first to you, what's the biggest challenge that people uh, face who've been out of work for a long time when it comes to finding a job? I think in simple terms, it's a lack of confidence. Um, and that's... I think that's our secret sauce. It's what we do at Work Equal. We give people um, that boost that can give them the catalyst to change and course correct. Um, and I think, you know, it is, you mentioned it in your introduction, we are at essentially full employment, but there are cohorts of people who are locked out of employment and our job is to to give them what they need to succeed. And when you say give them what they need, what, what kinds of services do you provide? I mean, does it help help people with CVs, that sort yeah, of thing? Yeah, absolutely. So I, I suppose above the watermark, the waterline, what we do is we provide clothing. So that's what we were set up initially to do was to provide free clothing um, for anyone who needed it to present at interview. So we have a boutique on Ellis Quay um, and we also offer the service nationally as well. Um, And and we work with trained stylists and then trained uh, career coaches as well who can offer, I suppose, bespoke and specific advice to each of our clients. So I think what works really well for us is that each client is taken on an individual basis. It's not cookie cutter. It's based on the client's needs. We give them the clothing that makes them feel great and gives them the boost to present an interview and then work with them on their CV, on their messaging, on their transferable skills to get the job that's right for them. And uh, we have Tamara and uh, we have Olive here as well. Tamara, to you, uh, you you became a teenage mum in 2008 and then you you would have battled uh, some of your own uh, mental health difficulties and challenges around that. And during COVID, you decided to do some online courses, including one with the Northside Partnership. Tell me a bit about that. Yeah, so um, it was called Careers in Mind and it was a 12-week course and it was completely like about getting women back to work um, or women into work um, because a lot of people were stay-at-home mothers on the course and it was trying to show how you could transfer your skills of being at home into um, a professional workspace. Um, so it was interesting, like, organisational skills would be put in on your CV as, you know, professional organisational skills. Um, when you're starting out on your professional journey um, and you don't have very many skills there, it, it's hard to think of what your CV would look like and it's hard to get employment. Um, even though you are running a household, minding kids and doing several jobs all at once, um, they don't transfer over into skills. And what would you say, Tamara, was the, the biggest thing that was holding you back? Um, I had, had a lot of uh, mental health problems back then, like postnatal depression, depression. Um, I kind of just got stuck in a rut. Um, I suppose I convinced myself as well that I needed to be at home with the kids and that it was better. Like, it was just, it's hard to explain why you get stuck there. 
Um, and then you start to have a lot of self-doubt and thinking, no one's going to hire me. I don't have anything. I didn't have a leave insert. So what could I do, you know? Um, and then it was also childminding was a big thing too. How do I afford to pay for a childminder when I'd be on minimum wage and starting out with practically nothing? So it took a long time to kind of get around all of that. And then going into Careers in Mind, we were introduced to Work Equal. And between the two, the collaboration showing us what we could achieve, how we could transfer our skills onto CV and horrible stuff, like completely transformative. And Olive, for you, you first came in contact with Work Equal when you were working in a local employment service, is that right? Yes, what, what, what were you doing there? Um, in the local employment service, we worked with unemployed people. Um, so we were referred, we referral with Work Equal to, as it was a, an added resource, which was really brilliant that we could be a referral for Work Equal to assist our clients to get to get back to work. So you would have been referring people to work equal yes, as part would, of your yes, job and, yes. and they would have been benefiting from it. And then you, you were made redundant yourself. I was made redundant last year. Um, so it was a very upsetting time, you know, future-wise. What jobs was I going to look for? I didn't know what area to go into. Um, so I made contact with work equal um, as an unemployed person. So... Um, from there, um, um, style, meeting the stylist, being styled for an interview, um, the HR, people looking at your CV. Um, I was given a career coach. So I took um, weekly meetings with the career coach, guide me um, to look for the job that I wanted because I was, it was like a blank canvas going in. I didn't know what to do because I was coming from the opposite side. Now I was the unemployed person going in. And when you look at that experience, what what would you say made the biggest difference for you from from that contact with working? Okay, and um, the biggest contact would have been the the support and the feeling that people were there to support you at your time. So wherever um, level you were at, whether it was just starting off work or career change, which for me was career change, um, just the service and support. I wasn't on my own. And you could pick up the phone, you could get onto your career coach, you know, touch base if you were feeling like a bad day or you were looking at jobs, you know, to discuss little things that was available there, which was great support. You weren't on your own. And Sonia, when it comes to the service, are there any criteria that you apply as to, you know, who, who can avail of it and who can't? Honestly, it is so accessible to everybody and we kind of say none of this is means tested. You can't means test confidence if you need support and confidence to succeed. And we're so excited. We're at such an important part of the organisation's development now. We've launched a partnership with uh, Penny, so we're scaling nationally. Our job is to make this service accessible to everybody, men and women. We serve mainly women, but we also serve men. And through uh, Penny's store store network now, we have an opportunity to live their values as well. They want to support women. They want to empower. And and all of our services are completely free. So it doesn't get more accessible than that. And, you know, we do work with referral agencies, but we also work directly with the public. So if anybody's listening to this who knows somebody who could use this support, it's not going to cost them anything. They can get in contact with Work Equal. And, and we're just really excited to be in this partnership. And Tamara, your contact with Work Equal led to you know, doing other courses and ultimately to a job as well. Tell me a bit about that. 
Yeah. Um, so I kind of went full circle uh, with my employment story, starting out on the course with uh, Northside Partnership, doing the courses and programmes with Work Equal, and then working with Northside Partnership for my career. Um, and I'm also now studying uh, leadership and community development. So everything kind of just fell into place. That's the, the easiest way to explain it. Um, I got all the skills and built up my confidence. There was um, We had a part on imposter syndrome, which I think is huge because going, mm. going back into the workplace and not having been in a workplace, you're kind of like, oh, can I do this? Um, but when they started talking about imposter syndrome, did yeah. you recognise that and say... I- that, 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 yeah. that's me instantly <laughs> instantly instantly Anna. you know I've banned it I've banned the term imposter syndrome I, I use growth zone because that's what it's the same thing it, yeah. it's a bit icky it's a bit challenging but you can do it yeah yeah I think like um, I, I was only saying this to uh, <laughs> we were talking about it the other day uh, imposter syndrome doesn't go away instantly it, it actually takes a lot of time and when you've been in the job a while and you learn the job you no longer have it um, you know it's just one of those things that takes mm. time and it was something that I really struggled with at the start but you know hopefully Northside Partnership will agree that I'm flying it now. And an awful lot of what you're saying is about confidence and I want to ask you about the styling aspect of all this. What yeah. was it like to get professionally styled? <laughs> it was interesting. Was that a good experience? Yeah it was a very good experience. Um, I mean there was there was a couple of elements to my styling sessions um, so we had the styling session online. Um, I think it was Maureen uh, was the lady's name. And she kind of went through what we like, what we didn't like, and then tried to kind of finalise that down. And then there was the um, day in the boutique. And it is a boutique, but I was there at the uh, the start of it. And I seen it all coming together. It was brilliant. You go in, you try on a few outfits, you're asked what kind of things you like. There are things that you don't like or mightn't like, and then you put them on and you're like completely changes your perspective on what you thought was your style. Um, but considering the fact that back... Would you find yourself sort of saying, I don't like that, that's not me? Or <laughs> yeah. or would you say, you know, have the confidence to say, no, that's definitely not me, Or but maybe I'll try it? I, I do now. I didn't back then. Back then I'd walk in, see something, pick it up out of shop and I was gone. I hated shopping. Um, now I'd be more inclined to like spend that time and learn or use the skills that I learned during the boutique session to actually shop effectively. Um, I think there was a huge thing on like capsule wardrobe building as well, um, which is also sustainable because you're having in mind what items you have at home and how to go in and shop to match those items so they're all different. Brilliant. Olive, what was the, the styling part of it like for you? Did you enjoy that? I enjoyed it, yeah. It was fantastic. I think for any, for any woman to go into that lovely boutique and that time given to you and just for you... Um, They'd be ready for you coming in and they'd have, you know, the rail of clothes or like just what Tamara said, things that you might think I, I wouldn't kind of colour my eyes, maybe not, but you would. You'd feel confident enough to try them and like that with the capsule wardrobe and that lovely treatment just all for you on the day. It's just fantastic. And then the confidence that that would have given you when searching for a job or doing an interview, how yeah. how, how much of a difference did it make off? It made it... It made it the whole difference, to be honest, because you knew you had your outfit there. You've already tried it on. You felt comfortable. You could stand differently in your interview clothes. So when the interview was coming up, if you were lucky enough to get that interview, you were prepared already in, in the way you looked, which gave you the confidence going to that interview. You know, 
one of our stylists famously called it the snap. When you're getting getting ready, you're getting styled, you're trying stuff on. Yeah. And then we know the minute a client puts the, the shoulders back, the head up, yeah. That's the snap. They have it. That's they the feel moment. great. And, yeah. they fe- and they feel very much themselves, maybe instead of totally. feeling this isn't really me. Totally. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And what, how do you measure success on you with the programme? Well, we measure success um, pretty clearly in terms of the amount of people who get the job first time. Um, And does that happen a lot? Yeah, six out of ten clients get the job first time. But I think more importantly, 7.5 out of ten are where they want to be after 12 months. And that could be that they decide to go back and do further education and training. And one of our most successful programmes is our our, uh, mentoring programme, nine out of ten clients are still in employment 12 months after that programme. So we have phenomenal programmes on a continuous basis for our clients. And I think once you're a client of Work Equal, you're a client for life. And it's called Work Equal. And we're talking about women returning to the workplace. And it, it is also Nolig Naman. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you think we're, we're faring? Because one of the things that you look at is equality and fair pay and issues like that. How do you think we're doing in relation to those issues? I think we're at a really interesting inflection point. Um, there's been a huge amount of conversation around um, equitable workplaces and, and particularly through a gendered lens, it's kind of the biggest bucket, if you like. Um, about 10 years ago when we started advocating for this um people didn't believe that the gender pay gap existed. Some people still don't, but most do. And in fact, research that we did showed that 75% of the population want to see closing the gender pay gap as a priority of business and government. So that's really good news. It means people want this change. I think what we need now is action. We have um, CSRD directives coming down the track. We have compliance and reporting growing in its in its power. Um, I th- Leadership really now needs to put its head above the parapet and say it it might be uncomfortable to make really significant changes. And I think that's the challenge that we have. People want the changes, but they don't want to make changes to the status quo. Okay, so it's actions now. We have the research and the data. We need to do (laughs) do a bit more with it. Sonia Lennon, Tamara Kearns and Olive Coravan, thank you very much for joining us on the programme.